With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The National Wheat Foundation released the National and State Wheat Yield Contest winners. Wheat Foundation Project Manager Ann Osborne says there were entries from 27 states this year. Spring wheat growers who exceeded their county averages were all from North Dakota. Jordan Christman from Hedinger, Austin Kautzman, and Greg Nusser, all from western North Dakota. And they exceeded their county average by like 179%. 172% was Austin and 150% was Greg Nusser. A new national yield record was set in the irrigated winter wheat category at 231.37 bushels per acre by Riley Reynolds of Twin Falls County, Idaho. The May 15th ratio that swept through the Dakotas and Minnesota spread debris and tore down grain storage for many farmers. Salem, South Dakota farmer Don Shire was forced to replant all but one field. Shire is now dealing with a shortage of grain bids during harvest. You know, we could be done with harvest if we had grain storage. Um, You know, beans, I don't think town was prepared for all the amount of beans that were coming in. So you had long lines in town for beans. Um, Right now, we could be harvesting today, but we're waiting for two more bins to get built to put our corn harvest in. So weather's been cooperating, so you aren't worried there. Um, So we basically have kind of been on a wait till as a bend gets built, we put our corn in that bend and wait for the next bend. So it's been a different harvest. Shire says the only thing they can do is have patience, but now they're in a race against time to make sure the corn doesn't get too dry and start dropping ears. Some areas south of us by the interstate and some of our south fields did not do real good. They got hit by hail. We pulled our weaker corn out. And, you know, we're worried, the corn that we're going to worry about maybe start dropping ears, they're going down. So right now we are moving north for us, and that's as you move north, you're picking up moisture, so the yields are improving. So hopefully we're going to get some better news and be up to more of our average yields as we finish harvest. CHS County Operations Key Agronomy Specialist John Stabler expects the corn harvest pace to rapidly increase this week across the Northern Plains. I think this week's going to be, across the entire territory I cover, going to be really wild corn harvest. Um, It's going to be hopefully quick and fast. Um, Sounds like there's some issues with with trains at this point is what I've heard in some areas. So that might slow corn harvest a little bit. And as you see the the highs, though this week looks a little bit above average warm, but um, I'm sure guys will be doing a lot of fertilizer this week too. Stabler says it's amazing farmers are able to harvest dry corn this year. Hard to believe that we uh, planted that last week of May. All of our corn was planted and it's and it's dry. You know, uh, one of our sellers to the south of Fargo in that Manador country farms himself, planted 98-day corn at the end of May and combined it two weeks ago at about 17 moisture. I told him, I said, you know what, at the end of the day, Mother Nature kind of has her way of, of uh, writing things that were wrong, and uh, just because there's a GDU calculator doesn't mean it's exact science. Sugar beet harvest at Southern Minnesota Beet Sugar Cooperatives reached just over 10% remaining to harvest before this week's freeze shut down. Vice President of Agriculture Todd Gisalia says beet growers are making good harvest progress. We're sitting right now about 87% done. It looks like we're going to be about a 26 and a half tons and about a 17 and a half sugar. So 
not great tons, but uh, really good sugar to make up for it. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Here's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Mississippi River has reached a record low at Memphis. National Weather Service officials said the water levels will likely go even lower. To prevent grounding, shippers have reduced barge tows by nearly 40% and cut the amount of grain loaded in each barge. Emergency dredging is also underway on parts of the Mississippi and Ohio rivers to deepen the channel. With harvest underway across the country, one method of transportation is suffering from limited rains across the Midwest. American Farm Bureau Federation economist Danny Munch says grain shipments have already been reduced because of Mississippi River's low water levels. And Munch says prices have increased because demand of boats and barges is increasing. Last week, uh, they reported because of those those reduced water conditions, uh, a 20 to 27 percent reduction in the volume of goods uh, that barges can move. And they also uh, limited the number of barges a single boat can tow to 25, which is between 17 and 38 percent reduction, depending on uh, the size of the tugboats. Um, so that really means that more barges will be needed to move the same quantity of products and more boats will be needed uh, to move a smaller number of barges. So that pressures capacity. There's a limited number of barges out there. There's a limited number of boats out there, and that skyrockets up prices. The backlog in barge movements has pushed barge costs for shippers incredibly higher. During the week of October 4th, average barge tariffs reached record levels at over 2,000% their underlying benchmark and up 50% from last year. Sorry, Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says transportation challenges will impact the entire grain industry. While basis levels in the Northern Plains have not been impacted yet, Steenhook expects that to happen. So I think there's going to be a lot of areas of this country that are quite far removed from the inland waterway system that will really feel the ripple effect of this. There's just so much that's moved on our inland waterway system that you can't significantly curtail it without having a pretty noticeable ripple effect throughout the country. North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer was on Newsfax to discuss the proposed Fufang Corn wet milling project in Grand Forks. This is a Chinese-owned company. Kramer said he and North Dakota Senator John Hoven opposed this effort. We both believe strongly that that uh, Grand Forks should reject this uh, opportunity and look look somewhere else. And we're more than happy to help them find a better a better tenant for that land than the than than Fufang and the CCP. Farmers Business Network released their first fertilizer report. Farmers Business Network Chief Economist Kevin McNew says the report focused on fertilizer prices, application rates, and how fertilizer is affecting acreage intentions. According to the survey and test results, fertilizer application rates will remain steady. So we see uh, quite a bit more interest in wheat uh, across the country. Uh, Upper Midwest, Northern Plains farmers are going to come back hard with corn in 2023, and I think that's more a reflection of the the challenging spring they had last year uh, as a result of the the heavy rains and moisture. So, So we do see some crop rotations being adjusted as a result of these high fertilizer prices, but uh, by and large, farmers are keeping those fertilizer uh, application rates about the same. And Grand Farm broke ground on their innovation facility site this week. Grand Farm Director Brian Carroll expects to have the first permit structured up next spring. Well, there's two things that are exciting. The first one is we're going to start the physical construction. And so in the fall here, we're going to start to put some of the infrastructure in place. 
and then we'll build our first building in um, in the spring, and we'll start to bring more and more activity out to the Castleton site with our 50 plus partners and all the different project activities, and that work will start to unfold next spring into the summer, into the fall, as we build the Grand Farm in that new location. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. This week in markets, a presentation of the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick. We had a market that stayed in a rather narrow trading range. We had ups, we had downs in the marketplaces past week. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the low water levels on the lower Mississippi River and the outside markets have been significant factors. We're about a dollar and a half uh, uncompetitive at the Gulf versus uh, South America corn, about a half on wheat versus the uh, European wheat. So just in that place, we're not competitive. That's not going to change a whole lot. And uh, it's the domestic demand that's going to have to keep us uh, strong, hold us together here. As we get to the end of harvest, the user looks like he's going to lock the bins. Rose says the basis along the river has been hurt by the low water levels. In other news, the Wall Street Journal reporting the Federal Reserve appears likely to go with another three-quarters of a percent interest rate increase when it meets in November. CHS hedging market analyst Steve Wagner says these grains remain very choppy, trying to weigh supply and demand. Yeah, the market definitely, uh, I, I think, is is... Still trying to sort out that news. I mean, the wheat has definitely been our leader, and and I think the wheat is tired. I think it wants to take a break. Whereas the soybean harvest, I think uh, you know we're on the downhill side. There's not a lot of beans left to come in, and I think the markets get nervous. They might have missed that harvest already. Bauer Trading Market Analyst Ben Cash is closely watching both the river and rail transportation challenges. One of the major issues along with that rain is we don't have enough rain. Uh, these waterways are um, extremely low. Basis levels have been pulled at most river ports or river uh, commercial facilities and that. So uh, the grain flow out of the U.S. is a concern, and I think that's what's adding to the weakness. Also, we're also dealing with a possible rail strike again, a rail shutdown. Uh, you know, this negotiation still ongoing with those rail unions. I believe the, the short-term deal that they struck to extend it um, was just till November 19th, so that's upon us. The low water levels on the lower Mississippi River is delaying soybean shipments to China. Ships carrying 3 million tons of soybeans were scheduled to arrive in China this month and next but those shipments will likely be delayed by at least 15 to 20 days. Reuters reporting Chinese buyers did not buy enough beans in the July-September time period due to concerns of high prices. The river shipping delays have amplified a tight supply situation in China. Cash soybean meal prices are at all-time record highs in three Chinese provinces, and local pork producers are looking for different feed options. Brugler Marketing and Management President Alan Brugler is long-term bullish about the cattle market. That's because of where we are in this cattle cycle. We, we've reduced the cow herd quite a bit for multiple reasons. Uh, we've flushed a lot of heifers into the into the uh, feedlot system. And uh, so now you're going to uh, get into the window where you have fewer calves and fewer steers available. So... Uh, Long-term, we're friendly to the cattle. Uh, the, the, the biggest issue short-term is we've got big cold storage stocks, uh, stuff we, we uh, 
ran through the Packers earlier that hasn't sold yet. And we've also got uh, some concerns about recession and, and what that does to beef demand. At the end of the week, live cattle sold mostly at 148, three bucks higher than last week. The dress sales mostly at 236, four bucks higher than last week's weighted average basis, Nebraska. I'm Don Wick. This week in agriculture.